Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. When you have it all, the career, the family, the house on the hill, the two dogs, shouldn't life be perfect? But what if it isn't? What if uniquely you is yet to be identified or discovered? Oh, I get carried away with founder of Redefined Possibility, Amy Young, when we talk about this and living a full bucket life. Hi, Amy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad you're here to get carried away with me. Um, It's going to be... I'm really excited because when you when I read your topic is uh, a full bucket life, I was like, I'm in for that. I'm all about filling people's buckets and having my bucket full. Um, but yeah, how are things we all you're at? Especially right now, it's just insane. Yeah, it is. And you're in New York, upstate New York. Uh, I'm in, actually in New Jersey. So oh, New I'm Jersey. Just, yeah, about 15 miles south of the Holland Tunnel. So um, okay. How are things in Jersey? Uh, they're going okay. You know, summertime, it's hot. It's in like the 90s and, you know, humid here. Um, it's obviously COVID. It's been a complete, you know, wild ride. Our numbers, thankfully, are kind of starting to decline enough that things are really starting to open back up. Um, but, yeah, other than that, we're just trying to figure out how to do summer camps and all that, all those fun things. I know. So tricky. It's a summer camp at Casa de Murray over here because everything is still closed. And our numbers are actually increasing. So everything that was open is now quickly closed again. And they closed the beaches for a 4th of July weekend. Um, but, you know, we're doing the best that we can. We're like, okay, this today we're just going to stay in this corner of the house. And then tomorrow we'll be in this corner of the house. It's it's a whole craziness, but we're making it through. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad the family's healthy. Um, and I'm so excited to have everyone meet you. And I've only done, because you're in New Jersey, we've only been able to meet this way. One of these days, I'm going to get you to a bra event once we're able to fly safely. Um, so that might be in a year. <laughs> I know. I know. I saw United sent me an email that like they had one-way fares for $18 from <sighs> The airport is good. It was like to Raleigh and like Orlando, like places that you would actually go. So, you know, but they're still that low at the time that I'm able to come out to LA. Right. $18. <laughs> Bring your mask. That's right. crazy. Um, so tell me first, before we begin, I want to hear a little bit about you. I was stalking you on your website and reading your about and a couple of your blogs about how you did not, you did just recently started redefining possibility. So tell me about a bit, a little bit about your background and what led you here today. Yeah, so it's been a crazy, fun, all challenging, all the different things ride. So I, one of those weird people that ended up doing what I majored in in college. So oh, you're the one. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I mean, we exist. Um, 
I started out my career, I worked at CBS uh, Corporation, CBS Television for uh, about 15 years, and I studied television management in college. I love the business of TV, um, got a job like a week after I graduated at CBS and kind of worked my way up the ranks there doing things like um, working with the local stations and affiliates to marketing to contract negotiation and then finally in ad sales. So I kind of had this fun little rotation and had just, you know, had some good mentors and sponsors and really worked my way up to an executive position. But I really felt this restlessness. Um, and in that time, I got married and had three kids and had moved a bunch and, you know, that, that whole deal. And I kind of felt this, I was kind of bored. I loved the people there. I just, I felt restless and I didn't know what that was all about and what was going on. So at the time I thought, okay, well, I've been at the company for about 15 years. Maybe it's just time to go do something new. And so at the time, Google had actually called to see if I would come and work with them and help them build their traditional television business um, from their ad tech side. And so I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to leave a company that I've been pretty happy at and that really likes me, I mean, Google's kind of the place you go. Yeah, you know? that's, not, that's a great phone call if to get. call <laughs> one to you, usually you, you go. Um, so I made the leap there um, as uh, an executive in their partnerships group. And while the company treats its employees like just so well, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. It wasn't a great fit for me. Um, the position, a few other things, uh, the people were amazing, but I very quickly over the course of a year, I was there for just under two years, just burned out. Mm. Um, and over the course of time, what I came to realize that it wasn't necessarily maybe that I was bored at CBS or that I was, you know, feeling restless for me, it was a realization now looking back on this time that I had slowly lost myself along the way. Ah. And at Google, one of the wonderful things is that they give you a lot of outlets to coaching. They give you outlets to mindfulness. Um, you're allowed to take courses. They bring people in. And I had worked with a coach, a life coach, while I was at CBS um, years and years and years ago and loved the process, just loved um, the, the space that they created for their clients and the work that I was able to do uh, with this coach. And I remember at the time there was a seed planted that I thought, you know, this might be something one day that I might want to look into, but then I forgot about it. And, you know, the, the whole deal as often happens with seeds that we, you know, we, Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> We're very good at that. Um, and so when I was at my lowest, when I started, I was having panic attacks. I mean, just, I wasn't able to show up as the type of wife and, and mother and, and person for myself kind of said, you know what? I've got to do something. I've got to do something to get back to that person that I know is highly competent and capable. And so I started looking into coaching schools and I thought, you know, what? even if I don't like it, this is at least something that I've always kind of thought maybe I want to check it out. So I, um, I registered for coaching school and it was a nine month program and about three months into it after my first kind of long weekend intensive, I literally was in like a Trader Joe's parking lot crying tears on the phone with my mom. And I was like, I found what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> just one of those moments where you just like, you knew and you've been looking for so long and you just felt found, you know? Yeah. Um, so over the course of about a year, the next year, I had finished with the certification program. Um, I, my husband and I had talked and decided that, you know, it was okay. It was time for me to take a step back um, and start my business. 
And that was two years ago, this past March. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, I have to say, so many great things so many challenging things, as I know so many people in your, you know, that's amazing network that you've built have gone through. I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's so many of the same circumstances. I think the one thing that has really surprised me is if you had asked me before, I never considered myself to be a person that has an ego or just in the traditional sense of what an ego might be. But I didn't realize how connected I was and how much of my self-worth I had tied to things like title and salary Mm -hmm. and, you know, power and being on panels and being a woman to watch and, you know, all these things that when all of that was stripped away and I went back and I went to a person of one who really was for the first time in a very long time on an island pitching herself and figuring out how to find her voice and tell her story, it was, I felt very naked and vulnerable in a way that I had never felt before. Sure. Sure. And uh, I believe me, the path to entrepreneurship is not the same for everybody, right? We all fell a few times and got right back up. I'm curious when you were kind of at the point when you were in that transition, what kind of warning signs Besides the panic attacks, were you like, wait, I need to make a change? What, and what made you listen to that? Because so many women particularly lead with fear, and they get the same warning signs, but they ignore them, and then things just go crazy. But what kind of, what kind of made you go, wait a minute, something's not right here? Yeah, I think it was when I, and the interesting thing is I had, I've dealt with clinical depression when I was a teenager. Like I know what that looks like. And so for me, I wasn't there, so I knew it was a little bit different than that. For me, it was things just like not liking my work. I've always been a person who, you know, I wanted the next promotion, right? I wanted this. I wanted that. Um, I, I just looked around and I felt like I wasn't good at anything anymore. And so when I started to really lose that drive, when I didn't want to go to work, when I wasn't um, excited about the things that I was doing, and it had slowly become this progression, that for me was was a definite warning sign when I said, okay, this, this is not like me. Um, I started having more fantasies about just getting in the car and, you know, and going away. <laughs> not right. telling anybody, you know, just driving away. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. And it finally hit the point where I will never forget this day where I, my Blackberry was buzzing. Cause I also did a lot of international business. So like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'd be, you know, on with India sometimes and other APAC countries. My, my, I don't think it was a Blackberry anymore. Maybe it was dating my <laughs> buzzing. And I was literally loading laundry into the dryer. And I just, I just lost it. I just started crying. I was like, convulsing, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Um, and that was what, that was my husband was finally like, okay, okay. Um, because for me, it wasn't, it was more the fear of what was going, because I knew I wasn't at that point of depression yet. I knew I wasn't at that point of like, I could put on the mask and still go to work. I was more worried about where was I going to be a year from now? Where were my kids going to be? Where was my marriage going to be if I didn't do something about it then? Yeah, that's scary. That was scarier than me leaving, than quitting and leaving my business. Right. Um, Continuing on the path that that you knew was dangerous uh, to everyone around you, including yourself, especially if you're like crying, doing laundry. That's typically when we're like, okay, a change needs to take place. on the inside sometimes doing laundry. (laughs) 
upset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so was it hard to say goodbye to corporate Amy and make this leap? Or were you ready to say, was it hard to just be like, okay, I don't get up and put on the suit today. I can wear what I want. <laughs> yeah, I have to say I was super nervous to tell everyone to make that transition. I think I was very afraid of being judged, right? Yeah. Especially go be a coach. There are so many preconceived notions about coaches and what they are and what they're not so um, that I, I was making up all of these assumptions in my mind about what people were thinking about me and, um, and my announcement. So that was kind of that, that first piece. I, I have to say I skipped out of the building that day. Like while there was some <laughs> fear inside, there was definitely excitement at the fact that I was just finally going to be able to breathe and feel like I could breathe for a little while and that there was something waiting for me that I was excited to do. And then I think for me, once that, once that kind of two to three months mark hit where some of the shine, you know, wore off and I was finally more well-rested and a little bit back to, to myself, that's when I noticed some of the more hard work that needed to be done to kind of bust through some of those, as I mentioned, some of the associations that I made and, um, and just dealing and parsing through that. But uh, I admit, sometimes I miss putting on, like, the dress, you know, like the, the corporate power dress. Um, right. And I have like, nice heels that are sitting in my closet that I don't wear as much anymore. Yeah. Um, that sometimes I do miss. But right now, I have the freedom. I could put them on one day if I wanted to go work from the coffee shop, well, before COVID. And, you know, and put them, that's my decision. And that's the beauty of it is that I get to decide now what that yeah. looks like and what work looks like for me. I love that. I know a lot of what new entrepreneurs or emerging entrepreneurs experience in the beginning is they don't have anyone telling them what to do, right? So as much as we don't want the boss to be like, do this, do this, we kind of want the guidance a little bit. We kind of yes. want to know we're headed in the right path. We're, we're, we're making the right choices as we're building this business. Cause I mean, it's part of the reason why I built bras so we could have be our own bosses and not be in this bubble. Um, did you find at the beginning, you were just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall. Did you have a plan? Did you hire a coach? How, how did you just take that leap into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So um, I actually hired one of your uh, coaches in your network. Hillary Hartling is a brand coach very early. Wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew I wanted to work with women who were on that path to burnout, right? Like one of my missions is that no other woman ever has to feel the way I did again, because they are going to live their life with intention in a way that they are going to be able to know themselves, to hear the signs much earlier than I did. Um, and so for me, given that I kind of already knew who I wanted to work with, it was about getting really clear on what that messaging was. Um, so I worked with a brand coach in the beginning. Um, I did struggle a bit, definitely in the beginning with, you know, finding that ideal client, you know, kind of had that early on where I was like, oh yeah, you want to work with me? And you're, you know, an 80 year old man who needs help. Fine, cool. Everybody come. Um, <laughs> to, just to kind of get some money in the door and, and drop some business. And I learned a lot from doing that as well. Um, but yeah, definitely some spaghetti on the wall moments. And, uh, I've, Lord knows I've signed up for courses that I haven't taken. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of my life. Um, and I got a couple of nice free hats out of them. But, <laughs> um, but now I do have a business coach now to work with who really, because to your point, like I did miss having that person to kind of, you know, whether it was a pat on the head 
head just to say you're going in the direction or, you know, helping me celebrate my wins and accomplishments. Um, I do find it's very helpful to have someone to talk with about the vision and the structure and, um, you know, just getting clear on creating the content calendars and the marketing pieces just to kind of help me um, just to play sounding board, you know, off of yeah. a lot of those thoughts that are going on in my head because I do find I tend to chase shiny objects a bit more yeah. than I want to admit. Um, so it's been very helpful for that purpose. That's good. That's good. I know I do too. I, for me, when I was starting, it would be like, oh, I love the, the the branding and the fonts and the pretty colors and it's pink and it's bright and it's all going to be bras. But I was like, okay, women just come. <laughs> so for me, I struggle with identifying these women and finding them. But once you have that, uh, it, it's just like the first domino. So for you, when you were starting out and so then who is your ideal client? Who do you seek to work with? Yeah, so it is mid-career women who feel that hamster wheel feeling you know when you are just going and going and going and there's no end in sight and you just feel yourself kind of tiring out who really want to live with purpose and intention um oftentimes it is multi-passionate women who might be you know they might be exercising like i run marathons like a woman who you know has goals and goes after them but also so maybe is a mother or a caretaker or, you know, somebody who's also trying to hold down a job, the person who has so many balls, you know, in the air that they need to figure out how to juggle those without losing themselves um, in the process. So a lot of, uh, I do deal with a lot of type A's, uh, which is always a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so how, when, when, what are like the signs a woman or anyone looking to like hire you and who needs to redefine their own possibility, what are kind of the signs that you, they go through? What's kind of like, like three steps that they would be like, I need an Amy. This is why. Yeah. So it is that feeling when you, one of the telltale signs that I've heard just from multiple women over time who've worked with me is that I know I have so much to be grateful for and thankful for, but I don't know why I'm not, fulfilled or I don't know why I'm not happy. You know, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, so that is one of those major signs. Another one is, you know, th and this actually happened to me as well is when somebody asks, what do you do for fun? And you kind of have no idea what to answer. It's those mm -hmm. questions. Like, what do you do for fun? Who are you? Like, don't tell me about your title. Don't tell me about you being a mom. Who are you, Carrie? Who are you? And so many women are so caught off guard by those questions that they don't have a true answer for them. And that is a sign for, you know, when you don't know yourself well enough that you are on that path day turning around when, you know, maybe you end up suddenly losing your job. Maybe you suddenly, you know, end up losing a relationship or something. You don't want to lose yourself, do not have yourself in that process. So it is that, it is that building up. So those are two of kind of those major signs. Uh, yeah. Do you see a lot of women who, yeah, that kind of self-sabotage um, and maybe purposely, but maybe not with intention, think I'm going to get myself fired from this job or I'm going to, instead of facing the fear of breaking up with, in this bad relationship, I'll just slowly back away. And um, I'm sure you must experience an array of emotions of that with the women you work with. Yeah. One of the things that um, I'm pretty big on is this concept of tolerations and tolerations are, 
are those things that are, they can be big, like a relationship. They can be small, like, you know, walking a light bulb that you know that needs to get changed and is needed to get changed for two weeks, but you just had it. But every time you flip that switch, it drives you crazy. These are those energy that we don't even realize how energy they're sucking up. And so to get really good at protecting yourself and just being able to harness your energy, it is crossing these tolerations off of your list. And when it's something big, like a relationship that you know maybe you need to end or a job that's not serving you anymore, that you know you need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, it can be very hard to know what those steps are and what those those steps are to take to kind of get you out of that situation. And so part of the work that I do as a coach is creating the space for people to work through their thoughts and emotions that are associated with those tolerations to help clear those busting um, myths that they're telling themselves and those assumptions and limiting beliefs so that they can come to their own solving that and clearing those tolerations off of their plate. So they finally have some energy and room to breathe to be able to reinvent themselves or move on to the life that they know is waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, And then when you built up your coaching program, you now have this great, you know, full bucket list. Um, So tell, tell me about this. I, first, I love the title. It's such a great title because it's so clear. I can see the bucket and it's full spilling over or totally empty. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, so Full Bucket Life is my community that I just started about a month ago, and it's born from, I've been doing this workshop called A Strategy for You. It's my signature workshop, and one of the exercises that I do there that so often is very powerful for people um, is we, we start kind of going through this constant journaling exercise where it's just, you know, you're writing on the paper for five minutes about anything that's coming to your head and you're not lifting your pen off of the paper. And so after a couple minutes, people are like, I don't know what to write. So, but that's when the real good stuff comes out, right. Is when you kind of mm-hmm. feel that surface level stuff going on in your brain. Um, so then I move on to this exercise where I have people draw a bucket on one side of their piece of paper and ask them, you know, right now, what is filling your bucket, right? If you, if your spirit, if your energy, if it was all a bucket, what is filling it right now? And so often, especially women come to the table with things like exhaustion or too many things or, you know, all feelings and actions. It's just all of this stuff piled in. We kind of let them verbally and, and, and in writing put that on the paper. And then we turn and I ask, what do you want to be filling your bucket? Think about that ideal life. And when you think about that vision, right? Even if you don't know crystally clear where you want to be in one year or 10 years, what do you want filling your bucket? And so often there is such a difference between what's filling our bucket right now and what we want to have filling our bucket. You can almost feel and see people having that reaction in the room when they allow themselves to just think about this life this ideal picture that they want. And then it becomes, a, it becomes a method of looking at, okay, so from what in this bucket over here, what do we need to start, stop, and continue doing to start putting more of this in our bucket and getting more of this out? You know, we begin that process of kind of removing and adding. It is whatever combination of things in there that works for you. Some people want a full bucket, right? Some people want it overfilling and they want to be busy and they want to be all of these things, which is great. Others, they really just want 
a few things in there at once. So the community that I'm building and that I've started to build is these passionate women who are coming together to find ways to fill their buckets with what they want, to lean on each other in those times where maybe they realize that their bit isn't filled with the things that they want them to, and to begin that process and journey and hold each other accountable for doing so. Um, I love what I do, but I have to say, I also love the magic of watching people come together and learn from each other. That's one of the reasons why I love doing workshops is to see yeah. what happens people share and they just learn from each other. So that's my hope in this community is that people can come together um, to not only learn from me and, and some of the exercises that I run people through, but also from each other. And so that we just have more connected, strong women in the process as of that. Yeah. And what do you think women, what's the first thing they fill that bucket with that is that, that isn't serving them? What do you constantly see? <laughs> oh, hang on one second. I have somebody that wants to say hi. All right. So what's one thing you're asking? What's one thing? That yeah. What's, filled? what's a common thread you see in the bucket that women are filling their buckets with that isn't serving them? Um, exhaustion. Exhaustion uh, is definitely, it, it is the burning the candle at both ends, you know, just doing everything for others and anything for themselves. So, so often when, when people don't take the time to even stop and check in with themselves intentionally, that's one of the reasons why I even just love a workshop is just giving somebody that, that hour, two hours, even if they don't have a full retreat weekend to dedicate, it's like, okay, just give yourself an hour, two hours to just stop and breathe and really check in with yourself. Because that's when you realize sometimes just how drained you are. When you're so used to going off of adrenaline, you don't know how you really are feeling until often it's too late, right? That's when the stress starts to manifest itself in physical symptoms. Um, so it is that exhaustion that I see that so often women end up putting somewhere um, you know, in that bucket. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know for me, a sign of when I'm filling my bucket with too much exhaustion is when I go to sleep and I can't fall asleep. And I finally, I feel like, okay, the day's done and, but my brain doesn't turn off. So I'm like, okay, I might need to manage my time a little bit better. And, and maybe that, do you notice that time management and how they're managing their time? Is that part of their exhaustion that they're feeling? I mean, it can't, they're probably exhausted from all the things, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, time management is definitely something. But I find that when you peel back the layers of time management, oftentimes mm -hmm. it's something deeper, whether it's boundaries, um, or really setting the priority for yourself and understanding boundaries is honestly the biggest one though, um, is just being able to know uniquely, okay, what is a should, right? I always say like, stop shooting all over yourself. And I know that that's not, that's not, you know, um, that's not me. I know plenty of people say that, but, um, it is this idea of busy doing things for others that without having the boundaries to protect ourselves are to just being for everybody else instead of for ourselves. And that's a big yes. piece of parts too. Yeah. And protecting ourselves and prioritizing things, right? So we have boundaries, we need prior and then prioritizing those boundaries. Um, because it, I, I know for myself, it can easily just spiral out of control because it's very difficult for me and most entrepreneurs to put themselves first. Right. Um, yeah. And you must see that with your clients of like, 
prioritizing, but also prioritizing yourself in that, that list of priorities and boundaries. Totally. And it's so funny you're asking this because actually I'm about to post on Instagram later. I today just did like a brain dump exercise where because I had so many things going through my head, I really just had to like scribble all over the paper and just write everything that was going on in my head and then work back and like get them and categorize them. And one of the things that I like doing, which you can do in a Google calendar or I'm a paper person. So um, paper is assign different colors to your different, you know, buckets of your life or priorities so that you can see, okay, you know what? My personal life needs a lot of attention right now. There's a lot of things that I've been putting off or maybe it's business or maybe it's marriage or mother, like whatever those things are. Um, actually assigning color coding sometimes can be a really great and visual way to tell yourself, okay, maybe either I've been spending too much time here and not enough time here, or my energy is really in my home stuff, but my calendar is all about my work stuff. And so there's uh, an imbalance. So whatever those tools are for people, if you're a visual person, you know, if you know that of yourself, it's also about finding those tools that are going to help you see those threads um, in between. Because so often when your head's down kind of in it, it's really hard. It's really hard to see that. Absolutely. And that's how you're working with your clients, correct? You're helping yeah. them see that. Um, what's in their yeah. bucket. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so great. Some of my best sessions are actually I talk very little. And I just let people just get out of their own head. Right. And we go through the process and sometimes I'll take them through this brain dump process of just, oh, my gosh, you know, let's stop. Let's just get it all down. And then let's start working through what those priorities are and how you're going to schedule those and how you're going to go through it. And just the process of giving people that non-judgmental space to say the things and just let all of the things out that, you know, they either they can't tell anybody else or they just need that safe space to go through it is really one of the ways in what I do, because one of the reasons that I think coaches are so valuable is we don't really have a stake in your outcome. Like maybe your sister, your mother, your father, you know, your spouse, whomever it is, right? A lot of these people that we confide in and talk to, they have a game, right? Whether it's that they, or maybe like if you don't hit your numbers, it looks bad for them. So having shins, valuable. I mean, it, coach that, that gives you that space. Right. I mean, it's like you've dropped 15 pounds. You're just that, that people can work with you. Is it group? Is it individual? Tell me about all your offers. So I'm getting a lot of questions yeah. coming through the feed about how do we get a hold of her? How does this work? <laughs> awesome. Um, so the community full bucket life, um, is on Facebook. So it's just the name full bucket life. Um, you can also um, friend me and send me a message. Um, Amy young, if you can't find it for some reason, or are you need to me? Uh, Instagram at Redefine Possibility. Um, and then in terms of my packages, I have uh, six month packages that I work through with clients. And that is really for a life reset, right? That is when you have that hamster wheel feeling and you really kind of don't know where the disconnect is. So we do, we do a lot of pre-work. We do deep dives into all of the different areas of your life to kind of see where you feel kind of out of, um, incongruence or not incongruence with each other, um, and then start piecing those back on a month by month basis and peeling that back.
back and uh, setting a vision for where you want to be in the future. Because if we don't have a vision, we don't know where we're going. Um, so by setting the vision, we then work back to see over time where people go. Um, and then I also do uh, 90 minute intensives with clients where if there's something that they know that they have an issue with that they really need to get to the bottom of, they can book 90 minute sessions with me one-on-one -on -one to really, really um, get clear and work through uh, the issue that's holding them back and then set strategic goals to move them forward. Um, and then my workshops that I'm doing, um, I speak and I also do workshops. Uh, my signature workshop strategy for you has moved to a virtual format. Um, I don't have a date for another one right now on the calendar, but if there's anybody that's listening that has a group of girlfriends um, that you might want to get together for kind of a different type of girls night um, and go through a one hour or 90 minute workshop, uh, it's actually a really, I used to do those before COVID hit in person. And uh, it's a really fun way to let a little loose, um, you know, find out, you know, some more stuff about yourself um, and to set some goals for how you move forward. So um, you can reach out to me to get those done, too. Uh, my website that. is, thank you. Uh, my website is redefinedpossibility.com. Um, so you can always email me and find my email address on there as well. Love that. Love that. Now, before we get to our carried away questions, I want to ask you a coaching question because we okay. have a lot of members in bra. And similar to your experience and anyone out there that's exploring going into coaching, the word coach has a lot of stigma behind it. It has a lot of misunderstanding or like, is that a therapist or is it just a guru? So let's just dispel <laughs> all yeah. of the kind of nonsense behind the word. And as clear as you could explain it, what does a coach do? <laughs> yes. Uh, great, great, great question. Um, because like me, I went to a school and became certified as a coach. And there are some people that call themselves coaches that aren't certified. And there's just like, there's a coach that coaches soccer, you know? I mean, there's just all <laughs> those, uh, types of coaches out there. So coach is different in that. Uh, let's talk about the therapist first. So, and I have, I've worked, I've gone to therapy. Um, I have extreme respect for therapists and, and the work that they do. One of the big differences between and therapy is that therapy oftentimes involves creating a form where you're looking back into your past to search for why you might behave or react a certain way or, or what has made you who you are. The beauty of coaching, and, and there's plenty of people that I say, you know, you might need to work with a therapist in addition to working with a coach if that's what works for them. Coaching, we tend to focus on here's where you are now. Let's see you know, where you need to get to move forward. And yes, we might bust through some of those messages and limiting beliefs and assumptions, but we really look at where you want to go. We don't spend a lot of time going back into your past. And one of the reasons that I believe uh. strongly in working with a certified coach is that we are very much taught about the line, and we talk a lot about in our code of ethics from the um, ICF, the Coaching Federation, the line when you are you are urged to, and as a coach, ethically speak to your client about what time to see a therapist. Um, so it's very much, like I said, about moving forward, setting strategic goals. Um, the other thing that's interesting is so many people who have mentors call their mentors coaches. And yes. the difference there is I am not here to give you advice. Right. Sometimes coaches, will, um, clients will say, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. You know, <laughs> like, that's too easy. Plus, if I was to tell you what to do, I don't have your friends. I'm not in your situation. I don't have your background. So very often what I might recommend is not going to resonate for you because I am not 
where you are and who you are. So we hold that space for people. We listen very intuitively to what our clients are saying so that then we can ask the right questions at the right times to enable you to find your own answers. So a, a good book will hold that space. We will listen intuitively. We will ask questions. We will poke at the things that we know that you're probably not saying. So we listen for things that you're saying and things that you're sometimes not saying as well. And, you know, and kind of know where to push you based upon where you want to go. But it is creating that space. So different from a mentor that might be telling you, this is what I think you should do with your career or in this circumstance, what I've done. No, we hold that space. We listen and we ask questions. Gotcha. And it's up to the person that you're working with to do the work. Um, exactly. That's in their commitment. Exactly. Yeah, they the accountability piece is huge. Many coaches, you will have homework in between. You will have things to work on. Um, so you have to really, you know, this is something you do need to, to show up for. Um, it's, it's one of the things that I, it's why oftentimes you'll find coaches that do complimentary um, calls in the beginning just to see one, if there's a good fit, but two, it's us interviewing the client, the future client as well, to make sure that they're in a place where they are ready to do the work because it is an investment yeah. of and money, but it's so worth it if you're in that place, because how many people do you have that really, truly listen to you in your life? Like if you think, you know? Yeah. I know. That's hard. People listen so they can wait to say what's next. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't actually truly listen. So when you stop and kind of think about that, you're like, okay, I think this, this makes sense. It's so true. And I, that's great. Thank you so much for clearing up with the difference between a therapist, coach, and mentor for adding that piece as well, because I feel like there's a lot of people don't really know. Um, and you, you're probably gonna have to repeat this over and over and over again. <laughs> so people are, I mean, I've been at networking groups where the whole circle is, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. And I'm like, what? What are we, what are, what's happening here? <laughs> but um, that's good. Thank you for clarifying that. So let's get carried away about a few things. I sent you some questions. Um, and yes. this is one of my favorite parts because it gets a little bit more personal about you. Um, first, in this time of COVID and quarantine, what are you excited about? What are you listening to, reading, podcasts, watching on TV? What's keeping your passing the time for you? Yes. So great question. I actually did not used to watch a huge, TV, which is funny because, you know, I worked in TV for 15 years, um, but I got really into um, Dead to Me on Netflix. Ooh, with um, Christina Applegate. Super good. It um, is. The morning show on Apple TV, I went through that, like, and just having yeah. kind of been in that world, it just really just um, fascinated yeah. me. Um, and so many more podcasts on my walks. Um, as you know, I just listened to Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle podcast on Untamed, um, Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us. And it was, I was running and I was like gasping while I was running. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so currently reading Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Um, also other good ones like Atomic Habits and kind of revisiting, oh. mm -hmm. revisiting some of those books that maybe I haven't had a chance to in the past because I finally have had time to actually just sit and not, you know, run around like a crazy person getting my kids to all their sports. So I've actually made time to read. <laughs> yeah, that's been nice. I loved Untamed and um, you're, you'll, it's a great book. Um, I also loved The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Have you heard of this book? It's really I've good. I've heard of it and I want to make yeah. sure I add that to the Goodreads list. Okay. Yeah. 
everyone out there. It's called The Power of Habit by Charles. I want to say I'm saying is it's Jewelrig, I want to say. Um, but it's really eye-opening when you're like, oh, yeah, I do do that. <laughs> oh, I do need a reward <laughs> for when I work out. Wait a minute. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's great. That's great. So what is three th- two to three things that you constantly hear people get so excited about, they love it, but you're like, I can't stand that. I know for me, it's like I never could get into chocolate. Um, I don't know how people are obsessed with this food, and I never got into Grey's Anatomy. So I don't know. What's something that you're, you can't even wrap your head around that people obsess about? Oh, this is such a great question. Um, <laughs> the first one is manicures. Oh. Uh, you know, and I get more fired up the more I thought about this, too, because I like the end result, right? Like I like it when my fingers and my nail beds look nice. But sitting there getting my nails done... I, I just want to like crawl out of my skin because <laughs> I have so much trouble sitting there for that amount of time, mm. sitting there and not, not like, it's like, okay, maybe well, I kind of want to check phone. Well, no, then I think about all the things that I have to do and I can't even write them down because my hands are on the table. <laughs> I can't do anything with them. And then it's too like the person, like, even if I like them, they're close to my face. So yeah. it's just a little bit awkward and I just, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just so, I feel it's just like this anxious hostage situation that I just again I like the end result but I it, I would rather not I would rather gotcha not. <laughs> so that's one um and then um I was trying to think of I, I know your chocolate so I was trying to think of something like it's Thin Mints Girl Scout oh. Thin Mints some people any actually really true anything with mint for me in a food I just don't like it I never have and just can't force myself to do it. I there's something about it that just makes me want to gag. So whenever I fill out the Girl Scout cookie order, I always make sure that I order more Thin Mints than anything else because my husband and kids will eat them and I won't. So I know I'm safe. <laughs> I know I'm safe. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So we're not going to be having a manicure eating Thin Mints anytime soon together. <laughs> no, if you if that is the bro, I will get on the plane for the next one. I love it. I love it. Now, last question. Where's the place you've been? Because we're all stuck inside. I'm so curious to know a place you've been or a place you want it want to go to soon as that you have just always wanted to go to or absolutely loved when you went there. Where's a place that you can't wait to return to or go to the first time? Yeah, um, Santorini in Greece. Um, That just I was there on my honeymoon. And it is, like, we went to Mykonos and Athens and we've been to other islands and they were great, but Santorini is breathtaking. I mean, it is just being in one of the hotels overlooking the caldera on the water is wow. just phenomenal. And the hotels are mostly boutique hotels where they deliver breakfast to your room and the food is just so fresh. Um, and there's a lot of, you can go hiking, you can go to the beach, like there's just stuff for everybody to do. There's vineyards on the island. There's history, archaeological digs you can go on. So there's just something for everybody. And it was, I don't know that I will get back there ever because there's so many places that we want to go. But that's the first one that always comes to mind of just a place that is unique and unlike anywhere else that I've ever been or wanted to go. It is just, it it really is. I'm writing that down now. You're getting the book, and, and I'm going like, to oh, Santorini. Oh, no, I want to go. I'm, like, looking out the window. <laughs> like, 
Oh, I know. I know. I feel the same way. I'll go. I just want to go like a couple miles away. <laughs> That's amazing. Santorini, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for getting carried away with me. Tell us one more time how we can find you. What's your handle? Yeah, so uh, Instagram at Redefine Possibility on Facebook. It's Full Bucket Life. It's a group and community over there. And my website is um, www.redefinepossibility.com. Love it. Well, thank you, Amy. And thank you, everyone who populated questions here in the Bra Facebook group. If there are any um, questions in there, I'm going to have Amy get in there and answer any of them. So don't go away, Amy. We're going to say goodbye to Instagram, but we're going to stay in Facebook. So bye, Instagram. Bye. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Bra Network. You are listening and you are a female entrepreneur looking to be lifted and supported in your business endeavors. Head over to broad-network.com. We'd love to have you in our community and help push you up.